0: So amazed at the, our little teenagers this morning, the little, you know, little and Fifi and Fi, the little, the, you know, 16s, and they come into church, you know, about little girls about that age, they want to look pretty, you know, <laughs> them, you know, hairs all curled up on top of it I noticed them as I was preaching, they just kept wilting down. There's a while, blowing it back out of their face. <laughs> The curls all yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: sister Downey's little girl and, and uh, I noticed her and little uh, little little brother Collins little uh, what's her name little uh, Betty little Betty. I kind of just laughed a little bit to myself but I seen all the pretty you know all fixed up and then with it was. Well, bless your heart, honey. You're pretty to me anyhow. Amen. That's right. Amen. Pretty is, is a pretty spirit that will come and set in meetings like that and listen to the gospel. Amen. Amen. That's what makes a girl pretty. And I think any real boy that's worth marrying thinks the same thing. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Somebody agree with me. That's, that's right. All right. I believe that that is the truth. Isn't that strange to turn right straight to Daniel 9? Yeah. Now, I usually tell everybody don't take their coat off. It's got a hole in their shirt, so I hope mine hasn't. But but, uh, I've seen the time where I couldn't take it off with a hole in the shirt, sure enough. And I guess this one hasn't. Now... All for myself, we and I believe for the audience, we appreciate the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. And we appreciate the fellowship and presence of each other. How sweet, how good, how pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious anointing oil that run down the ears, beard, all the way to the hems of his skirt. I went over to eat today over to Blueborn. Who did I get into over there but Brother Bill here and Sister Dow sitting there just, just eating away some of the best looking fried chicken I ever seen and just having a wonderful time sweating right out of it, you know. Went on upstairs and met a big post in the church up there and they won't even pay for my dinner. Now that was really nice. I appreciate that. When I got home, here come Billy with a box of tomatoes that somebody brought me all the way from that nice cool state of Georgia down there. Where yeah. it's so cool down there, to tell me about this time. I met a little fella outside. I was coming off of my interviews this afternoon and coming down to the church about an hour and a half ago. And a little kind of a young fella outside, and he said, I said, Hob, he said, it sure is. <laughs> Yeah, I knew he right. from Georgia, so he said, Show sure his hot down in Georgia. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're trying to escape a hot place, aren't yeah. we? That's what we're here for. Crazy,
1: <laughs>
0: Thank man. you so much, friends, for all your goodness. What would I do without you? Just what What would I do without you? If I had nobody that loved me, nobody that would listen to the message, all my message would be no good at all. I can't preach it to telephone poles <laughs> and the free. They wouldn't understand it, so it's got to be people like you all that will come and listen to it. And when you come and sit in a hot place like this, and my wife said she liked to burn up back there this morning and to see people and sometimes sick people that's sitting in meetings like that. God give you a, a beautiful, lovely home in glory, is my prayer. And I just hope and trust that He'll do that. Now... Let's see my coat. Somebody tuck it over okay. here. And um, I got to do a little reading tonight. How I many is enjoying the first parts of this? Oh, if it just wasn't so hot, we just keep right on going, right on through the week with the um, the Book of the Revelation. I just love it. I just live in it. And you pray, Connie, for me this week because next Sunday I. will the Lord willing, I've got to meet that uh, place in those weeks together, and that's something that I do not know nothing about. And so I'm just going to trust the Lord that He'll have the answer for me. And I, I've read several different men who, who spoke of it, who wrote of it. I've read the uh, footnotes your own Dr. Scofield, a great scholar. But certainly couldn't agree with him on many of his footnotes, because I can't see it, to. it's got to make the picture right. Now, if you just put the, like a jigsaw puzzle together, and the first thing you know is, well, this goes up here. and Oh, I'm sure this goes up here. Well, you got to look over here at your pattern to see what you're doing. And then if you if you don't, you'll get your scene all mixed up. Now, a lot of you had a picture of a great, beautiful countryside and a cow picking grass up on the top of a tree. Now, that wouldn't be right, would it? Of course, you don't pick grass on top of a tree. So, that's the way it is if the Holy Spirit doesn't place that Scripture together, then you got the whole great picture of redemption. That's what we want, the truth. And until we know the truth, we just leave it alone. And then, when God gives us the truth, well, then I, I'll speak of it. You know what? I, I guess Brother Roy Slaughter and... And some of the old-timers here. It started back under kind of a long time ago. That was for about, um, I guess, the first three or four years of my ministry right at the Tabernacle, I wouldn't even preach on the subject of hell because I, I couldn't make out whether it was a burning place, whether it was a grave. And every time the word spoke grave, i get the translations that Hades, Hades is a grave. Every time it spoke of hell... Hey, he's the great. And I just left it alone. So I really found out what I was speaking about, and I preached on hell. Huh? So when I really found out the whole picture and seen where it was at, because I feel that a minister is responsible to God, what he tells that congregation, Amen. because they're going to hold right on to them. And so then, what if I've got them holding on the wrong place, and then the time comes up where that hope won't stand? And then that vision, the Lord gave me some time ago, when those in millions, when I, one Amen. speaking to me said, uh, you'll be judged first for the gospel you preach. I said, I preach the same thing Paul did. And the rest of them, all those millions of voices screamed out, we are resting on that. Amen. That was it. Right. right. So, I want to continue on tonight now so we won't be too long. And don't forget now, I did this morning... I got a little note here this morning. I spoke on uh, Daniel in captivity, Gabriel coming to him uh, and instructed him of the future. That's what we had this morning, the instruction of the future. Now tonight, we're talking on the sixfold purpose of Gabriel's visit to Daniel. Next Sunday, the Lord willing... Placing the 70 of weeks where they belong in the time element. And where are we standing? Now, if we can only find that and make it sure, positive, then we'll know just the hour that we're living. Now, we won't know when he's coming. No one will know that. Jesus doesn't know it himself. He said he didn't. He said, just the Father only knowed that. Not even the angels know it. None of us know when he's coming, but we can tell the, the hour, that the time that we're living, knowing just how close we could be. Now, for a little lap over, because the boys are taking tapes of this, machines are running back in the room, and the tapes, of course, are sent out everywhere. Now, this morning's lesson, as we reviewed back on the fourth and fifth chapter, then we stuck... The beginning with the ninth chapter of Daniel. And now tonight, we we'll are continue on with the ninth chapter. Before we approach it, let's just bow our heads for a moment and speak to the author of the Word. Our gracious God, we are sure that you know the very intent of our heart. You know why we're here. You know that we never come tonight just because that we thought it would be a nice place to come to take a little relaxation for the afternoon. Father, I do not believe there's one person here for that purpose. I believe that we are here tonight because we are deadly sincere, honest, and wanting to know Thus saith the Lord. We love you, Lord, and we love your word. If this place that you have provided for us just a roof over our head in these concrete blocks, we are thankful to you for the place. Amen. For we believe that there is a home beyond the sky where we are headed that way. And we think of our forefathers that didn't even have this privilege and it makes us die our hearts in shame, Lord, to even complain. Now, Father, we pray that you'll open to us tonight's scripture. Come walk along to the side of each one of us as we go down this road tonight. Speak to us like you did those going to Emmaus from Jerusalem. That when the service is over tonight, we might go to our different homes and say, Did not our hearts burn within us as we heard him speaking through his word? Bless the reading. Bless my feeble efforts, Lord. Open my mouth to that which is true and close it to that which is wrong. And give glory to Thyself, and glory in Thy people that they might see the hour that we're living in the near coming of the Lord Jesus. For we ask it in His name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Now to lap back our scriptures for a few moments. We find that Daniel had been in captivity for 68 long years. Think of it. Now you and your paper and pencil, and didn't get it this morning, may pick it up tonight. From AD 606 to 538, take 538 from 606, you got 68 years. Daniel had been in a, a captivity. No church to go to, no sermons to hear, nothing but he had some books and scrolls that a prophet before him had prophesied and it was with Jeremiah. Now while in studying all the scriptures, he seen time was running out. That's the time of the 70 years, and Daniel solemnly believed every word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke. And I say to this to my class tonight, should we believe our prophets? Amen. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. For the word of the Lord came to the prophet. They have thus saith the Lord. And a true prophet will never vary from the, the other prophet's word. They'll never make it say something that it doesn't say. They'll say just exactly what the true prophet said. That makes them a prophet. Then when they get that and then they foretell what is to come, knowing this with fear in their heart, lest they should say something wrong and should lead somebody astray. We never want to do that. We want to be absolutely sure that we got the word of the Lord before we say, Thus saith the Lord. It must be an absolute direct message from the throne of God, or well, we should never say it. Now, while in studying the Scriptures, he sees that the 70 years was running out, so him being that 68 years, that's two years in the future until God would restore his people back to their homeland. While in prayer, we find out that there was a mighty angel came from heaven. Can anybody call his name? Gabriel, and he is the angel to the Jewish church. How I many you knows that? Everywhere it's Gabriel. Gabriel is the messenger to the church, uh, Jewish church. Came to Mary, came to Zechariah. Always is Gabriel. And he's one of the great angels of heaven. And did not he bring our brother Daniel such a wonderful salutation from God? Oh, Daniel, greatly beloved. Wouldn't that make you good to think that God loves you? If I wasn't greatly loved, I'd just like to know that I'm kind of loved a little bit up there, wouldn't you? Sure, just kind of thinks of me once in a while. It would just make me just want to scream to think that he even cares for me. And we have the shirts that he does care for. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died in our sin, brother. And now which we were alien from God. Now has made us not unto God, and has given us the earnest of our salvation, that is, the Holy Spirit, and with a faith in there that lifts us up above the things of the world, and we ride over the top of it. That's glorious, isn't it?
1: Amen.
0: All right. While in prayer, Gabriel come and told him that there was not only two more years before they were going back to the homeland, but told him the entire destination of that nation. Think of it. The entire destination, every journey of earth, Gabriel explained it to Daniel, that he was sent to tell Daniel this great thing, how that prophet must have felt. And he told him that there were seventy weeks determined upon the people unto the consummation at the end time. So it's all over. The consummation. He says there's seventy weeks. Some of them allow that the months, some the days, some. If it's just actually weeks, there's only about two and a quarter year or one and a quarter years of it. And, and see, you, that's where we gotta find. To be truthful. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people. For what purpose? For what? Whose people was it determined upon? Daniel's people. The Jews. And what was it determined for? Upon not only Daniel, but upon Daniel's holy city. See? Daniel's holy city. Now, Christ, what was Daniel's holy city? Jerusalem. And now, we're going to take, maybe get to it tonight. Where was Jerusalem? Who founded Jerusalem? You ever think of that? Who founded Jerusalem? When was it founded? We go get to it, while. Who founded Jerusalem? Boy, it's a little, city thing. hid back in a corner, but it sure tells it. Mm-hmm. That's Who founded Jerusalem, and when was it founded? All right, and that's Daniel's holy city, and we do understand. That that city which has now been a curse for 2,000 years will be rebuilt and reestablished again. Hallelujah. And the temple worship will be set up just like it was in the beginning. That's right. Jerusalem will be. Now, and there will be a sacrifice, daily offering, offered again, just like it was in the beginning. We're going to get into most of that, I guess, tonight, or a lot of it. Now, I want you to know, friends, that striking all these things, I'm certainly leaving out weeks of teaching, but just kind of hitting it so that when the weather cools off or a little later, when we get into those seven seals, seven vials, seven trumpets, all these things, that I can refer back and say, do you remember on the 70 weeks of Daniel? Do you remember the church age, when it went up and what taken place? And these 70 weeks of Daniel covers from the going up of the church until the coming back of the church. That space is what it covers. Now, now not all of 70 weeks of Daniel. Part of it. 70 weeks are determined. Now, there was a six-fold purpose in his visit telling him what was going to come to pass. Now, there was a 6 Full purpose of his coming. Now tonight, I think we leave off over here in the scriptures of where that we was at this morning, where that uh, there was the sixfold purpose. Here we are. Now, we find out that there was the sixfold purpose. One of it, now let's get the fourth chapter, the fourth verse, 24th verse of the ninth chapter of Daniel. And 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. Now remember, that is all that the journey of the Israelites will have in this earth. They are determined. 70 weeks is just determined. That's all is to the Jews. Upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Therefore... This 70 weeks, now don't miss it, it will reveal from that time to the end of the Jews and also to the end of Jerusalem until there will be a new city built. Now, oh, I hope we get into it real good and deep tonight. Our determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, What you, to finish the transgression, what did he tell him now? He was trying to find how long it's going to be. I know we're at the end time, like we are now. Lord, how many in this class tonight believe that we are at the end time? Say amen. Thank you. We are at the end. Now we're trying to find, by God, just how long that's going to be. What day are we living? That's why we're going back and picking up these prophecies and so forth, and trying to find out where we are. And that's what Daniel did. He set his face to God. How many read Daniel 9 today? Raise up your hands. All right. To see his prayer, how he made his confession of his people and his confession of himself, he wanted to be sure that he found out when they were to go back because he wanted to get the people ready to go back. Now, what I'm trying to do is find out when we're going out. (laughs) And get the people ready for us. That we're ready. Amen. And we've set our face to God through prayers and supplications to find out, Lord, what's the hour we're living in. We've seen all these different things happening. We see the world in chaos. We see the time at hand. The sand lightings on the wall. Everything that God said, we hear our president speaking of another war right now coming. We hear a prediction in the... Oh, then a few hours after war is predicted that visions will be nothing but volcanic dust, and we know we got it. So we know before that takes place the church has got to go. So Lord, where are we at? That's the reason I believe it he'll let us know. We set our faces to find out. Now, first, let's find out. Seventy weeks are to terminal my people in the Holy City to finish the transgression? Make an end of sin. And uh, to make reconciliations for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. That was the sixth full purpose of the visitation of Gabriel. Now, let's start number one. If you go to market, you've got pencils. Number one. To finish the transgression. That's the first thing. Now, to finish the transgression of Israel, who transgressed against God, will be the turning away of the ungodliness of Jacob. Now, to find this, let's turn to Romans, the 11th chapter of Romans, and begin with the 21st verse of Romans 11. Now we're going to what? finish the transgressions. Romans 11, 21. Alright. For if God spared not the natural branch, which was who? Israel. Take heed lest also spare not thee. Now I want you when you go home to read this whole 11th chapter. I'm just reading this so mark down the whole 11th chapter and read it. Spare not thee. Behold, therefore the goodness, thirdly of God, on them which fell, but towards thee goodness, if thou continue in the goodness. Otherwise, thou shalt be cut off. Also, be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. See, telling that there will be a time that when the Gentile will be cut out and Israel. Come back in again. For if thou were cut out of the, of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, Gentiles, and were grafted contrary to nature, we were contrary to nature, aliens, without mercy, without God, with no hope at all, and God, by His mercy, to give us a chance Cut off righteous Israel because of transgressions and turned them aside, the, wild, the tame olive tree, and brought in a wild olive tree, contrary to nature, unto a good tree, how much more shall these which be the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? All right, let's read on. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit. That blindness is part of happiness of Israel, happiness to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Until God is finished with the Gentiles. Israel was blinded. They went off into sin and to transgressions against God because God blinded their eyes that we might be grafted in. Amen. Amen. You get it?
1: Twenty-six
0: verse now. And so all Israel shall be saved. Amen. God blinded them purposely for you and I. They cannot see because God blinded them. And all Israel, true Israel, shall be saved. What did the angel say? Go ahead they finish the transgressions of Israel. I come to tell him that there will come a time when Israel's transgressions will be finished. Amen. God will cut off that wild branch and draft into that back that real branch again. Amen. Amen. Or sometimes it makes my heart jump. See I'm poor, miserable. People cut off. out not knowing where they're going and think that God in His mercy did that so I could be saved. Amen. Oh, Blinded me. their eyes from the wrong Messiah. Shut their ears up that they could not hear Him. Yet looked out at His miracles and looked out at His miracles and things that He was doing. Matthew, I believe the twelfth chapter, eighth or twelfth chapter, said, though Jesus had done so many miracles, yet they could not believe. Because God said they got eyes and they can't see and ears and they can't hear unless they would see with their eyes and hear with their ears and I would convert them. Amen. But so that we could have a chance, Amen. he pulled the curtain down over his own children's eyes. Turned his own children away from the table and turned them off to the leanness of spirit that he might find that we might have a chance to live given us life. 26th verse again, And so all Israel shall be saved, That it is written, There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Yet he will come to Mount Zion one of these days upon the Mount of Olives they will recognize him, and all Israel will him. Amen. The Gentiles will be finished then. That branch that's been granted in, God will take from. it the fruit that's been gathered, and that wild branch will be. And I remember all back in here, as you read, he said, If that root was holy, and that root was a holy root, Also the fruit that comes up from that holy root will bring holy fruit. And if that root was Jesus Christ who is both root and offspring of David, if that life was in him come up to the Jewish generation and was cut off from them and their eyes blinded that we might see our lives will have to pattern with that blessed branch. Oh yes, brother. That's right.
1: Amen.
0: God cut them off purposely and blinded their eyes so we could have a chance to see, giving us an opportunity. We can walk around like when somebody Paul tells them, "You take heed how you do that." Yeah, yeah. Amen. Take heed, for God spared not the natural branch. How will he have any more mercy on the wild branch that's already?
1: Oh,
0: so we walk around say, I'm Presbyterian, I'm Methodist, I'm Baptist, I'm Pentecostal. That don't mean nothing to God. Amen. Amen. You've got to be born again of that Holy Spirit that comes from the root. Amen. But he comes. Now remember, he's not speaking of the Gentiles. I'm just throwing this in here so you see where the Gentiles have their chance. But he come to finish the transgressions. Make a finish of it. Now if we go back into Daniel again, and we'll find out that in Daniel we find out here, the 24th verse. Alright, to finish the transgressions. To finish what? To finish Israel's transgression. What is a transgress? It's to go against something. A transgress against me is to do a wrong to me. transgress against you is to do a wrong to you. So Israel did a wrong to God. And in this 70th week, what's going to happen? God is going to finish the transgression of Israel.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Finish the transgression. We'll be turning away the ungodliness from Jacob. And then all Israel will be born again. All of them will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, number two, write that down on your paper. We could stay a long time on that, but I don't want to go to preaching on it just want to talk to you so that you can get it down close when we get into these seven seals and you just move right on through the church, through the seals, through the flags and know where we're standing. Amen. All right. Number two. Make an end of sin. Now let's read again. Daniel, to have finished transgression and And make an end of sin. That's the second purpose of coming. First is to finish Israel's transgressions and to make an end of sin. Where did Israel sin? Where did they do their vital sin? Where did they separate themselves from God? Now, listen close. Let's turn to St. Matthew 24. And here's where Israel made her fatal mistake. Here's where she's done her life's sin. And the reason she's in the condition today, Matthew, the 27th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. And the 25th verse of the 27th chapter, Let's begin about the, uh, uh, the 21st verse. The governor answered and said unto them, What are these twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Now remember, that's Israel. Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? Listen at them. They all said unto him, let him be crucified. Remember, that's their Messiah that Daniel said would come. Remember this morning, in the last year, he'll be cut off, not for himself, not nothing he did. Let him be crucified. And the governor said, why, what evil has he done? But they cried out the more, saying, "Let him be crucified." Then Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, and he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, "I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See to it. Listen. Here's your mistake. Here's your sin." Then answered the people and said. His blood be on us and on our children. Uh, That's where they done it. Uh, he was making an of sin for them. How could he do anything else but forgive them, knowing that he had to blind their eyes that we could come in? It's like his own children calling for his blood. Yeah. And they were blinded, and then he knows they were blind. That's the reason he cried for forgiveness for them. Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they are doing. They were blind. For our sake, they were made blind. In their unbelief, they did this. But when they see him again, Amen. Amen. What a we mean to sin? What is sin? Unbelief. 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 They did not believe that was the messiah. They could not see Him to be Messiah. Yeah, He done every sign the Messiah was supposed to do. But they could not see it. They were blind. So when you see people say, I don't believe in divine Bible, I can't see it. I can't see this baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't be angry with them. They are blind. They say, I can't see this message of Him coming. I can't see this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I can't see this serpent seed. I can't see this... stuff." They're blind. And don't know it. Just pray for them. All right. In their unbelief. But when they see him, when he comes again, it will make an end of their unbelief. Oh, my. Let's just turn first to Genesis, the 25th, the 45th chapter, and get a, a type of it. I got, wrote down here some uh, Genesis 45. you just taking down the notes. Oh, how I love this good old gospel. All right. Now we know where we're at. Can you hear me? All right, back to the building. Say, raise up your hands so you can hear me. i got this sitting a little close. Now we're going to read. A portion of this scripture. I want you to listen, you that don't have your Bible. You that have your Bible, get Genesis 1st. Let's start in the 44th chapter, beginning with the 27th verse. It's Joseph. And Joseph was a perfect type of Christ. We know that. How many knows that? Amen. Hated all his brothers. Why? Because he was spiritual. He saw visions and of dreams. He was a spiritual man among his brothers. And they hated him. And his father loved him. So was Jesus hated all the denominational churches, but loved of his father God. Why did they hate him? Because he was spiritual. Amen. Because they told they said he was a fortune teller, a devil. You remember what Joseph's brother said to him? Here comes that dreamer. These same things. And they sold Joseph for almost the same price that Judas sold Jesus for thirty pieces of silver. Throwed him into a ditch and went and told the Father that something killed him. He was dead. But he was taken up from the ditch. Christ was thrown into a ditch and was taken up. And from there he went to the highest place there was on earth. Amen. Amen. Joseph went to the right hand of Pharaoh and Jesus went to the right hand of God. Amen. In his temptation before his exaltation. Jesus, before he was exalted, went through temptation. Why, I believe was Billy Sunday, the Great evangelist. said every, every tree had a million angels sitting in it. Alleluia. That day of the crucifixion, said, just pull your hand loose and pour it to us. We'll change this scene around here. But he couldn't do it. just said, he saved himself, others he cannot save. He didn't know he was paying to comment. If he had saved himself, he couldn't save others. So he gave himself to save us. They felt blind from him. Now they, then when he was there in his exaltation, or before his exaltation, his temptation, remember Joseph was put into prison because he was innocent. The Roma, the uh, Israelite uh, general by the name of Palpatine, Palpatine went and went away on a trip. He had a pretty wife. And his wife had Joseph come into the house to do something, and he tried to get Joseph to do something wrong. And he was loyal to God. I tell you that always, you women out hard, that you now, and we'll take up for you a minute. The woman is the weaker vessel. I know there can't be a bad man for there's a bad woman. But man who knows that, man who knows that you are a son of God, and take advantage of a woman. Shame on you!
1: Amen. No matter what she does, amen.
0: She's a weaker vessel. And you know that. If she goes to act an unladylike, take her by the hand and talk to her like a sister.
1: Amen.
0: You're a son of God. Don't do them evil things. Look at Joseph. He was an example to you. And when Potiphar's wife, this beautiful woman, honorable, high, one of the highest women there was in the country begged him and persuaded him and he turned and she caught him and tried to hug him up to her and he jerked till he even pulled his coat off and run from her.
1: Amen.
0: Yes, sir. And when he come in to told the lion said he'd come in to ravish her and she left his and he left his coat there. And for that he went to the dungeon. But in the dungeon God was with him. Amen. No matter where he put him He was a type of the son of prosperity. Everything Joseph done prospered. And when Jesus returns in the millennium, that's the reason that deserts will blossom as a rose. Everything he does will prosper. He's the son of prosperity. Wherever you put Joseph, it was blessed. Wherever Jesus is, it's blessed. So get him in your heart. Be blessed. So we find out that Joseph then was put into a prison. And in the prison there were two men. One of was lost and one was saved. Jesus in his temptation on the cross, one thief was lost and the other is saved. When he was exalted, he went to the right hand of God. When Joseph was exalted, he went to the right hand of Pharaoh. And no man could speak to Pharaoh without speaking to Joseph first and getting permission. And when Joseph left the palace, oh my, when Joseph left the palace, Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And when Jesus leaves the right hand of the majesty above, the trumpets will sound and every knee shall bow and every shall oh, confess. Jesus Lord. is coming. Hallelujah. Sure. Hallelujah. But if, and remember, when he was rejected of his brethren, what did he do? He got a Gentile wife. He got an Egyptian wife. When Jesus was cut off from his brethren back there, the Jews, he married a Gentile bride. (laughs) But now, after years, after children had been born, he's from Manassas, he had a family. Then one day, his brethren come to visit him. Watch. We know the story, how he put the little thing in there to stand back and act like he couldn't even speak their language had an interpreter for the Hebrew when he was the Hebrew himself. And their brother come down. They didn't know him. He was a mighty prince. And right now, Christ visits the Jews, heals their sick and stuff, and they still don't know who he is. Amen. That Messiah. Let's begin the 27th verse, the 44th chapter. And thy servant, my father, said unto us, You know that my, life bear me, my wife bear me two sons, and one of them went out from me. That was Joseph, the great one that we're talking to. And I said, Surely he is torn to pieces. And I saw him not since. And if you take this also from me, and mischief befall him, you shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. They had little Benjamin down there, his little brother. You know who Benjamin represents? This new bunch of real genuine Jews is gathering there now to make that 144,000. This this race is coming up.
1: Amen.
0: Not these Wall Street crooks. No, no. That's more canon, Father. That ain't Jews. That ain't Jews. The real Jews are these little Benjamins coming up and down here. They never even heard the word of Jesus Christ. Now therefore, come unto me and thy father and my father and... The lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life. God's own life is bound with Israel. He's married to her. We're going to get to that in a few minutes if the Lord willing. He's married to Israel. His life is bound to her just as I'm bound to Miss Brandon back there, my wife. And you're bound to your wife. Your life is wrapped in it and God is married to Israel. And what was it? Jacob said, My life is wrapped and bound in this child. I shall, and it shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us. Joseph is going to keep the lad, you know. We know the story. And that he will die, his daddy. And thy servant shall bring down the great hairs, of thy servant our father with sorrow to the grave. Look at that plea that Reuben's given now. Right. For thy servant become surety that the lad unto thy, unto my father, saying, If I bring th- bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad. Oh my. See, he's standing right before Joseph, his brother. This is Joseph and he don't know him. All the way till that millennium starts,
1: brother.
0: uh, Instead of the lad, a bondsman to my Lord. Listen at him, confessing Lord. And let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father? and the lad be not with thee, lest preventer I see the evil that shall become of my father. Pleading, giving his own life, how them Jews will stand there with their hands up. Watch. Watch down the 45th verse. Listen, close; don't miss it. When Joseph could, then Joseph could not frame him refrained himself before all them that stood with him. Brother, that's when sins go going to be made into, the unbelief is going to scatter. And he cried and he caused every man to go from him. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to his brother. What is it? Even his own wife went back to the palace. Oh my. The bride and glory. While Jesus returns, we get into it here to make Himself known And He wept aloud. Joseph just couldn't hold it any longer. He screamed out. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it plumped back over into the palace. They heard Joseph screaming. And that was a type of Christ meeting the Jews. But He knows He blinded them. So that we can have a chance, but when he comes to them again, sin of Israel will be over. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. What do you think Jesus will say? I am your Messiah. I am the one that you crucified. Does my Father yet live? And his brothers could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence.
1: Well,
0: oh, I've got to stop here just a minute. Let's turn over to Zechariah, the twelfth chapter. Turn with me now to the book of Zechariah. The twelfth chapter of Zechariah. And maybe I'm taking a little too much time to start preaching on this, but I, I hope not. And I, I want you to get it so bad. Zechariah. Let's get to the twelfth chapter of Zechariah and see what he's going to say now when he's standing before his brethren. Zechariah 12 and the tenth. Making end to sin now. All right. Twelve chapter and tenth verse. Notice. And I'm speaking here of the raiment, the siege of Jerusalem, the beast and the armies is took away, and so forth. All things will come to the end. Now, this is almost to the millennium, fixing to start the millennium right now. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the habitations of Jerusalem the Spirit of Jerusalem, Daniel's holy city, the spirit of grace and of supplication, and they shall look upon me whom they have
1: ears,
0: and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn." Listen, what a morning that'll be when he stand there making himself known to them, like Joseph did. Listen, and in that day shall there be such great mourning in Jerusalem as the morning of Hadman. I can't pronounce that name, H A D A D R I M or in Midian. and in the land shall be mourning every family apart, the family of the house of David apart and their wives apart, and their family, of the house of Nathan apart, and their families apart, the house of Levi, and their wives and families apart, of Simeon and theirs apart, and all the families that remain, every family, and their wives apart, they'll be so ashamed of theirself when they stand there and see that that very one that they crucified in the night standing there, their own precious Joseph. There will be such a morning, and they'll say, Where did you get those scars? He said, In the house of my friend.
1: Oh,
0: amen. Do you know what I mean? Help us. To make an end of sin, of unbelief. That's what he's coming for.
1: Amen.
0: And this 70th year of Daniel, 70th week, brother, coming to make an end of sin, put it away. You understand now? What's the first? To finish the transgression. To make an end of sin. Number three, to make reconciliations for iniquity. Here's writing it down. I had about six other scriptures there, but I'll just pass over it because it's hot. We don't want to take too much time. I want to get as much of it as I can, but not hold you too long. All right. to make reconciliations for iniquity. Iniquity is doing wrong, as they did at the cross. He made reconciliations, but it will not be applied to them. It was not applied to them. Why? Because they were blinded and could not see it. And why did they blind? You say, well, maybe today because I'm blind. You're willfully blind. They were blind because God blinded them, but you're blind because you're willfully blind. There's no reconciliation for you. If you believe not, I am He, said Jesus, you will die your sins. That's right. Now, let's turn back to Zechariah again, the 13th chapter. Now, let's listen here. Make reconciliation. Now, we're, this I was looking for someone here to hear this, but maybe... The Lord will get it somewhere. In that day there shall in that day. Dr. Schofield has here in his footnotes or his paragraphs, heading, the remnant, the repented remnant pointed to the cross to make reconciliations for iniquity. Iniquity is something that you've done wrong that you know better that you ought not have done it. If I conceive iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Now, in Zechariah, the 13th chapter, let's begin at the first first verse. In that day there shall be a fountain open in the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanliness. There shall be a house open. Go ahead, we you can just read it on down. I want you to mark that so you will read it. But, now, I've got marked out here to start at the sixth verse and read to the tenth. All right, let's read now and see. Read to the ninth, rather. And one shall say to him, that, what, what are these wounds in thy hand? Then he shall answer those which I have, was, let's see, answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against the shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. Now Jesus quoted that scripture. See? Smite the shepherd, and scatter the sheep. But notice the next paragraph. He just quoted that much of it. But watch what the next sentence of it says, the next part of it. And I will turn my hand to the little ones. Amen. What? The Benjamin group that's coming up now.
1: Amen.
0: I will turn my hand to the little ones. Smite the shepherd. Israel, first Israel, smoke the shepherd scattered the sheep to all the world, but God said, I will turn my hands back to get them little ones at the last When?
1: Amen.
0: When reconciliation for iniquity has been made. Israel will be saved, every one of them. Let's turn to Isaiah. The, uh, Isaiah, the 66th chapter of Isaiah. And read just for a moment. And see what God says about Israel being saved how long it will take to save Israel. Watch how quick it will come. In Isaiah, the 66th chapter and the 8th verse, if you want to read it all, all right. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made and bring forth one day? In one day? For as soon as Zion... Traveileth she brought forth her children. Amen. As soon as Zion saw that that was their Messiah, she was born again. Amen. And one day make reconciliations for sins and to make reconciliations for iniquity, uncleasiness. Oh, my. <laughs> They did that what was evil, that which was wrong. Reconciliation was made for their iniquity. Number four, to bring in everlasting righteousness. That's the fourth uh, thing that he's come for. The fourth, uh, what he's come to do. To bring in everlasting righteousness, make an end of sin, reconciliation, and to bring in everlasting righteousness. When Israel's transgressions had come to an end, when Israel's transgression, now we're going to, I want you to catch this because when we bring that woman and the dragon cast out, you're going to come right back to this same scripture again. Be sure to put it down. When Israel's transgression had come to an end, Satan, who is their accuser, and our accuser, Satan will be sealed up in the bottomless pit. Amen. When what? When bringing in everlasting righteousness. Something that cannot end, all that cause unrighteousness will be done away with. Let's get Revelations, the 20th chapter, the 13th verse just a minute. And let's read here just a minute. Revelations 20 and 13. Uh, no, I beg your pardon, Revelations 1 to 3 it is. I didn't see that little mark between it. My perspiration here gets in my eyes. Revelations, the 20th chapter, and let's see. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the keys to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid a hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nation no more until the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that must be loosed a little season. Make an everlasting, bring in everlasting righteousness, Satan in the bottomless pit. And when he does that and seals up the devil which has deceived the people. Now let's turn back to Habakkuk, the second chapter. Habakkuk, the second chapter. And now we're going to see why he sealed up this old serpent and what it was done for and what takes place immediately after he is sealed up. I like this, don't you? It uh, it brings us to a knowledge of something. Habakkuk. Habakkuk, the second chapter, and the fourteenth verse, I believe it is. I want to read. When this takes place, watch, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge and the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. In other
0: words, when the enemy has been put away, Amen. the end of sin has come. The bringing in of everlasting righteousness has come. Satan is sealed up in the Amen. bottomless pit, and the knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters covers the sea. Amen. 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 Glory to God. It's coming, brethren. It's coming. Women will be ladies and men will be gentlemen. Amen. When the knowledge of the Lord shall fill the earth and sea and sky, oh, my heart is growing crying for that day of sweet release when our Jesus shall come back to earth again. Amen. All right. Now, the millennium then is on. That's when the millennium, when the city is to be built. I had about six more scriptures, but we'll hurry. Now when we come back, I'll pick up these other scriptures, but just get you a general idea. Number five, to seal up the vision and prophecy. Yeah, you shall come to seal the vision and prophecy. Uh, I hate to say this, but some great writer, and I was reading about the other day, if he didn't have that messed up,
1: <laughs>
0: he said what it was, uh, just to show how stupid, oh, excuse me, I don't mean to say it. Forgive me. I don't mean that. I really didn't. No. A a, a man without anointing. See? The man said, you see here that visions and prophecy was always allowed to the Jewish church. And said from Daniel's time on, when Daniel comes, it meant that they would have no more visions or no more prophecy." that all these things today that they talk about about having visions and prophecy was all a thing of the devil. That there was no such a thing as visions and prophecy. brothers. there was dozens of prophets after Daniel, and there was John the Baptist, there was Jesus Christ, there was a prophet to the New Testament, there Amen. was visions. there was angels. How in the world can a man say that? Amen. But you see, that was a selfish motive to trying to push something over on the people to make a little church doctrine, a little petty thing to become a reality to the people. If the people haven't got the Holy Ghost, they'll be deceived by it. Oh, the now, right. let's not take what some man said. Now, there's not a scripture to prove that. So how could I take that? Well, let's find out what really is the sealing of what? he come to do that, to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Now, Let's just turn right back to the book of Daniel where we was at. Over in the book of Daniel, we will find out just what it says. Now, let's turn to Daniel, the 12th chapter. Now, as we get to Daniel 12, now that we can begin and read from... When you go home, and want you to read from the first verse on. Let's just read from the first verse down to the fourth. And at that time Michael shall stand, the great prince, which shall stand for the children of thy people. Now this is at the end time. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since the nation. That's when the Antichrist, this first seal rider, goes forth when he takes place. Even until this time, not at the time that when Titus took the walls of Jerusalem. That was only one place. Watch when this Antichrist, that prince that was to come, watch when he comes even to the same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that's found written in the book. Amen. Amen. Thy people, Israel, shall be written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contentment. How in the world could that have been when Titus took the walls of Jerusalem? How could it have Gee. been? It couldn't be. See, he's speaking of the end time as the resurrection. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Now, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn away, that turn many to righteousness the stars forever. Listen, here is the real true sealing. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end.
1: Wow, glory. Hallelujah!
0: Do you see it, class? This revelation of Jesus Christ and of His power, of His coming, of the end time, was sealed up until this time. That's what He come to do. It's hidden from the scholars. No wonder they want to apply sealing it up back under the old prophets and everything. It won't hold water. But the vision, this vision has been sealed to right here and now. And therefore I'm placing my faith that God will reveal them 70 weeks. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Seal it up, he said till the end time. Close up the words and seal the book. The Lord. Until the end time. What do you do to seal up the vision and the prophecy? Daniel had prophesied these things. He had saw it in a vision. And the angel come down to seal the vision and to seal the prophecy. They can read it but can't understand it. Until the end time. The end time, what is the end time? The end of the seventh week when that Prince Antichrist will be revealed at this time making himself God. How do we know this is sealed up to the time? Daniel just got through. This was the last chapter of Daniel. Sister Simpson told me this afternoon. She said, Brother Branham, I read the entire book of Daniel. I, I just didn't know more when it stopped, got through than I did when I started. Here it is, Sister Simpson, if you're here tonight. I believe I see her sitting over there. I never said nothing in the trailer. I held my peace because I thought maybe I'd get to it. But the vision that Daniel had saw down there for the river was sealed up until the end time. It's Let me just go ahead and read it here. See, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the end time, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. And I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood two, one on one side of the river and one on the other side of, of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in, in linen which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? Now listen. And I heard the man clothed in linen, which is upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swear by him that lived forever and ever that it shall be for a time, time, and a half time. Now we get right, right exactly. Time, time, and a half time. Now, you watch when you get in Daniel 70 weeks, how that comes out. That's when the mystery is going to be revealed. All right? Time, time, and a half time. And when he shall, he, personal pronoun now, the Antichrist, shall a covenant accomplish, accomplish, accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people. That's when he breaks his covenant in the middle of the week. All these things shall be fulfilled.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O oh Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the Amen. Oh, don't Amen. you forget that. Until the time of the end, many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall
1: understand.
0: Hallelujah. The end time message shall reveal it in the last church age.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Praise our God.
0: There you are. Hallelujah. Oh my, it shakes me to think of Hallelujah. The mystery. The things that the church world baptized and says it's nonsense. The mystery of who Jesus Christ was. Not a third person. Not the second person. Not the third person. But the person of God. All these other mysteries of God will be revealed because it's wrote here in this book and be revealed to the end time generation. Hallelujah. They can no more sit in seminaries and schools and denominations and the Jews can see Jesus being the Messiah. Amen. No wonder they kind of think you're crazy. No wonder they think you're foolish. No wonder they can't understand why you don't cluck up with them. Hallelujah. Because there's a power and a vision behind it. A word of God that's been revealed in the person order for the in the going home. Yes. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Certainly. Now, what is another thing ever been on? Looking today at the churches. Here it is. I hope it don't hurt, but i got to tell it. Making... In that day there will be an Antichrist rise. Now remember, when we get in the seals, that Antichrist rides right out of those seals. Daniel spoke of it. You're the prince that would come. He would be cut off. Jesus would to make reconciliations for the people. But that prince that would stand up, that would cause the abomination to make desolation, that was Rome through Titus, and this time it's a prince coming out of Rome will do it, And he will be revealed in the last days. Now listen, making himself God as the Holy Ghost warns us in 2 Thessalonians, the second, let's just go to it. 2 Thessalonians, then you'll have not my word, but God's word. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, and the twelfth verse. Let's see, 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. And the twelfth verse. Let's see. Let's begin above that. The seventh verse. For the mystery of Nicodemus already worked. This is Paul speaking of the Holy Ghost. Only, only He whom now let us will let until He be taken out out of the way. Who's He here? Does anybody know? The Holy Ghost.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He that let us. And when, then when shall that wicked one be revealed, when just at the time the Holy Ghost is being taken out, which is fixed to leave right now, what's He leaving for? Taking the church with Him. Amen. Amen. Revealed, Paul speaking under the inspiration, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of His coming, the wicked one, of course, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. We are the greatest church. We have this, we have this. All of it consolidate together, see? We are the greatest lying wonders. And with all uh, of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not all the love of the truth that they might be saved, and for this cause, God has sent them strong delusions that they should believe a lie, should believe a lie, and that they might be damned who believe not the truth, but has pleasure in unrighteousness. Do you get it? Oh, my. Now, Paul speaking. The time when the seal of God is being made known His Spirit His name His grace all these other great mysteries that's going forth now plans for His church to go in the rapture the outpouring of the Holy Ghost has done this. That's what He's done in the last days. Now, let's see. Have we got time for this last one?
1: Amen.
0: The sixth Anoints the Most High. Oh, my. Here's the one. The last thing he used to do was to what? Now, let's just go back over in Daniel, find out what all he used to do, right here. Seventy a week, what's to be accomplished in this time? All right, are determined upon thy people and thy holy city to finish transgressions, transgressions of the people, to make an end of sin for the people, and to make reconciliations for their iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness for the Jews, and to seal up the vision and prophecy to the time of the end, and to anoint the Most Holy. That's the sixth full reason of His coming. Now to anoint the Most Holy. Now this may be a little bit strange for just a minute. The many of you teachers. But I just hold it just for a minute, and see how it comes out. This is the anointing, not of a man. Jesus is already anointed. Is that right? Man. Uh, the of Acts said that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. He went around doing good and healing the sick and so forth. Jesus is already He is Messiah, and Messiah means the anointed one. Is that right? but here at the end time he's to anoint the most holy. What is the most holy? So my way of seeing it, which I believe I can prove it by the Scripture, is to anoint the most holy, which will be the tabernacle that will be used during the millennium. Now listen and see why I get it. Described in Ezekiel, the the fourth chapter, I mean the 43rd chapter, first and sixth verse, let's go back to Ezekiel and find out how he pictures in the millennium, how they will anoint the Ezekiel 43. And let's just read a little bit here now and see what he's going to do in this millennium. Anointing Ezekiel 43. All right. And now let's begin with the first to the sixth verse. You read the whole thing. You have to get home, of course. I'm just putting down, Ezekiel 43. Afterwards, now watch. Description of the temple that is to be built in the millennium. Now, uh, anyone, any reader that knows that from Ezekiel the 40th chapter, until about the 44th chapter, is nothing in the world but the millennium temple being erected on earth. Anyone knows that. See, when the glory of the Lord fills it and so forth like that. Now we're going to just describe the temple in the 43rd chapter. And the first of the sixth verse. After he brought me to the gate, even the gate that uh, looked towards the east, and behold, the glory of God of Israel came from the way of the east, and the voice was like the voice of many waters, and the earth uh, shined with the glory. And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw, even according to the visions that I saw when I came to destroy the city. And the vision was like unto the vision that I saw by the river uh, Chidbar. And I fell upon my face. And the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord came unto the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is towards the east. So the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court and behold the glory of the Lord filled the house and I heard him speak unto me out of the house and the man stood by me anointing, anointing that temple for the millennial reign. Now note, in Leviticus, now watch how it was dedicated in Leviticus. Now if we go back to Leviticus we find out that Moses anointed the temple. Let's just go back while we're at it. we got that much time. And let's go back to Leviticus and find out when uh, uh, Moses anointed the temple. Leviticus, the eighth chapter. Oh, I just love to compare these scriptures to scriptures. Don't you love it? And then you you just got an idea of of what we're looking for and what we're doing. Now, any of you realizes that we just using the Scripture now and then on it. Now, the 8th chapter of Leviticus. Now I've got marked down here, the 10th verse. Note Leviticus 8 and 10. Let's see. And Moses took the anointing oil and poured anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. And sprinkle thereof upon the altar seven times, anointed the altar and all the vessels, both the laver, and is uh, put to this to sanctify them. And he poured anointing oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him to sanctify him. Moses in the wilderness sanctifying or anointing the tabernacle of worship for the children of Israel when they were in their journey. It was anointed. Now, in 2 Chronicles, turn over and we'll see the dedication that when the Holy Spirit took His seat at the tabernacle. And watch what's taking place now. In 2 Chronicles, the 5th chapter, and let's begin at the 13th verse. Second Chronicles, the 5th chapter, And begin at the 13th verse. And it came to pass, as the trumpets and the singers were to make one sound, to be heard the praising and thanksgiving of the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpet and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praising the Lord and singing, for He is good and His mercies endueth forever that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest priest could not stand to minister by reasons of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. God came into the sanctuary that was to be anointed and was given over to him for the people to come to worship. So to anoint not thy holy place, but to anoint the most holy place. Amen. And we notice that New Jerusalem is the most holy place. And the anointing will be upon the New Jerusalem. Amen. that sins from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adored for her husband. The anointing will be upon them. Now, when Zerubbabel. Dedicated his temple after it was rebuilt. It was not anointed again because it was already been anointed. It had been torn down. It was just instructed again. The destruction had come to it. It had been instructed again and put up so there was no anointing of it anymore. When it was one time anointed, that carried on through and it goes on till this very time. But when God sets up the millennium tabernacle, he will anoint the most holy. No. Not thy holy, but the most holy. But when the king takes his throne for 1,000 years, glory, uh. he's over now. The morning of the most holy will be the last thing to take place when the tabernacle is erected, the resurrection has come, the Jews has returned, Christ and his bride has come, you, the Jew, the 144,000 are sealed. The millennium has taken place. There will be an anointing when the most holy place will be anointed. The holy, holies of holies, and the most holy. When the most holy place is the sanctuary where God lived between the turbans. And this time, Christ will set in the most holy place with the anointing upon him. And they'll need no sun there, for the Lamb in the midst of the city shall be the light. Amen. The sun will never go down in that city, as the uncle Jim used to say, and it never will, because Christ will be that light. you know, everyone? And the King will come and take His throne for 1,000 years to reign. Jeremiah 3, 12, 18, inclusive. Let's read it. Over in Jeremiah. The 18th chapter, I believe, yeah, no, the 12th chapter, pardon me. The 12th chapter of Jeremiah, and let's begin with the, uh, the uh, Jeremiah 3, pardon me. Jeremiah 3, I have written down here where I while studying the Holy Spirit, moving me just from place to place. I just jotted these down the best I could. Jeremiah 3, and then 12 to 18 inclusive. Let's read it. Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return thou backslidden Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause my, my, cause my anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and is scattered... Thy ways to the stranger under every green tree. That's what they've done from east, west, every nation. See? And ye have not obeyed the voice. My voice, saith the Lord, turn. Listen to this. Turn, O backslidden children, saith the Lord, for I am M-A-R-R-I-D. I am married unto you. "'Our eyes were blinded because I give the Gentiles a chance, "'but you return, for I am married unto you, "'and I will take you, one of a city and two of a family.'" Not all that calls themselves Jews will go in, but that elected group will go in, that little Benjamin that come up down there before Joseph, that group from out of every nation, one out of a city and out of a family and I will bring you to Zion, and I will give you a pastor according to thy heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding, and it shall come to pass when you be multiplied and increased in the land. In those days, saith the Lord, they shall say no more, the the ark or the covenant of the Lord, neither shall it come to mind neither shall they remember it, neither shall they they visit it, neither shall it be done anymore. At that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, as He'll be there, see? And all the nations shall gather, hallelujah, unto it, and the name of the Lord to Jerusalem, neither shall they walk any more after their own imaginations and the evil of their heart. Amen. That's Hallelujah. when that city will be anointed. Hallelujah. That's when the New Jerusalem will be anointed, and all the nations of the city over in Revelation the twenty second chapter. It says the gates shall not be closed by night, because there'll be no night there, and all the kings of the earth shall bring their honor and glory into this city. Its walls will be jasper and sardar stone, twelve manner stones. And twelve gates shall be one solid pearl on each gate. There shall be no need of the candle in there. There will be no more sunlight for the Lamb that's in the midst of the city shall be the light, and He shall lead His people into everlasting life. There will be two trees standing, one on either side of the river, and they for the healing of the nation. That's that anointed one that will come. The holy city descending from God out of heaven, coming to the earth. Let's take now what will take place during that time. Oh, do you love it? Let's turn to Isaiah 65. Just a minute. Just too good to skip by. Just too good to leave. Might be a little hot, but let's just keep moving. Amen. Isaiah 65. Listen, what will take place during that time? And just ask yourself, sinner friend, if if you could afford to miss this. Isaiah 65. Let's begin with about the 17th verse. Listen, everybody close now. This is during the time of the millennium when the most holy is anointed. For behold, I will create new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come into mind, but be glad and rejoice even in that which I create. For Behold, I create Jerusalem. I create Jerusalem. That's the new Jerusalem. A joy and her people, a joy. What is the anointing? The joy of the Lord. Create Jerusalem a joy in her people, a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem, the king in the throne on the royal majesty of the throne, the eternal throne, and the eternal people with an eternal joy in an eternal city. Oh, Amen. my. Amen. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more since of days, nor an old man that has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old But a sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed, and they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards, and they shall eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. That is, you die and your son take your place. Build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat thereof. For as the days of a tree shall the days of my people and my elect, long shall they enjoy the works of their hands, they shall not labor in vain to bring forth for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offsprings with them. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass before they call. I will answer. Hallelujah. That glorious anointing in behind the cherubim. I'll answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the bullock. The dust shall be the serpent's meat, and they shall not hurt nor destroy all oh, my holy mountains, saith the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Can you miss it? No. Jerk right back here again and Isaiah speaking again at the eleventh chapter, the first verse to the ninth. Listen to what he says here again when he catches a vision as he sees the women, the way they'll be acting in the last days. Now Isaiah 11 to 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch that shall grow out of his roots. Who was that? Christ. Out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom, of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding, and the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove their iniquity. For the meek of the earth and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. The righteous shall be girded of the loins and the faithful the gird of the reins. And the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Amen. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. That's the goat. And the calf and the young lion and the fatman uh, the lion and the fatman together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall feed their young one. And shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like an ox. And the sucking child shall play upon the hole of the ass. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the crop that's then. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountains. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge as the water covers the sea. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That's in that new Jerusalem. That new branch right here is referred to of uh, the branch of David. He's both branch and offspring. Now, after this, the bride appears, after the 70 weeks, the bride appears in Revelation, the 19th chapter, the 1st and the 16th verse. She arrives with her bridegroom, the mighty king. Oh, my, I don't know where we're going to get it all right now. Just got it so right. Let's just read part of this anyhow. Here's where the bride comes after this. See, after the millennium sets in, then Christ comes back with the bride. Right? 1 to 16. And uh, the 19th chapter. And after these things, after this tribulation, after the woes, after the seals, after the plagues, after the casting out of Satan, after the setting up of the millennium. Watch. After these things, I heard a voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah. Salvation, glory, honor, power under the Lord our God. For true and righteous are thy judgment. For he had judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and has avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again, he, they, and again they said, Hallelujah! And her smoke rose up forever and ever. That's the old prostitute church. Her smoke rose up. And the four and twenty elders And the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat upon the throne saying, Amen, hallelujah. And the voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God. Praise our God, all ye His servants, and ye that fear Him, both small and great. And I heard as it was the voice of a great multitude, Listen, here you are, church. I she went up the third chapter. Here she comes. See? And I, sixth verse. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent
1: reigneth.
0: Hallelujah. Watch the marriage of the Lamb comes now. Here she comes. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife has made herself ready. Here she comes, both bride and bridegroom, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is righteousness of saints. And He said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the wedding supper of the Lamb. And He said unto me, these are true sayings of God.
1: Hallelujah.
0: And I fell down at the feet to worship him. And he said to me, See, thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants, thy, uh, thy brethren, and have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Christ, of Jesus, is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heavens open and a white horse. Oh, my. And he that sat thereon was called faithful and true. And righteousness does he judge and make war. And his eyes was as flames of fire. And his head was many crowns. He was crowned what? King of kings. Hallelujah. And he had a name written that no man know but himself. And he was clothed with white vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called. The Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and earth. Who was it? Jesus. And His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed Him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Glory. Here He comes. And out of His mouth does go a sharp sword. That and that it should smite the nation, and shall rule them with a the rod of arm. And it treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his side a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. Amen. So was it his people just crowning? him. King of King and Lord of Lords coming back to His holy temple anointed with the presence of God to live and to reign through the millennium with His church. Amen! Amen. Amen. The appearing with the mighty King to take her place at His side, the new royal anointed temple. Now the sixfold purpose of Revelation 6, 1 to Revelation 1921 is fulfilled. Listen, I'm closing. The seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, three woes, woman in the sun, casting out of the devil, of the red dragon, comes between these times during the great tribulation period. Don't forget it. All these things take place during this time, but here is the sixfold purpose of his coming. Do you believe it? Yeah. Hallelujah. What a glorious time lays in store for those who love the Lord. I tell you, friends, we can't afford to miss that. Don't miss that for whatever you do. Be sure. Now, next Sunday, if the Lord is willing, I want to present, if he will help me, to show just exactly for each one of those seven days where they took place, bringing this same, same thing that I did today and place those so seven times, seven weeks, 70 of week, right in the place of that Jewish sanctuary and show just exactly where we're living here at the end. The Lord's willingness. Do you love Him? Yes. Could you afford to miss heaven? We're at the end time. What's He coming to do? First thing will take place before Jesus ever comes to the earth. What will be the first thing? The church will be what? Raptured. Will Jesus come to the earth and walk around the grave and shake hands with Papa and Mama, talk to us all here and go up? No. Amen. How will it be? That we say this to you by the, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, 2 Thessalonians 5th chapter, we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not hinder or prevent those that are asleep. Amen. For the trumpet of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. We'll be caught away in a moment of the twinkling of an eye. Amen. During that time, that ends the church age. Then down here on the earth, God starts dealing with the Jews. There will be two prophets. The 11th chapter, we'll pick that up. Two anointed prophets like Elijah and Moses, who I think it is. And they'll bring great curses after they have seen that they have consolidated and Rome has broke its covenant as print in the middle of this seventh week It'll break its covenant with Rome, or Rome will break it with Israel, and that'll cause the abomination in the scatter, and there will be the great flood. When the Gentile remnant, the sleeping virgin, the dragon, Rome, spurted water out of his mouth to make war with the remnant of the woman's seed that keep the commandments of God, Rome will do that, a confederation of church will consolidate them together, and bring the Jews into this confederation and bring them back to their own temple worship again in the dust, saith the Lord, out of the Bible, and they will have their own church. They are what now? I just called it just now, fresh. They are now a nation, recognized. Is that right? Yes,
1: but they have not
0: their temple worship yet.
1: Hallelujah.
0: And when they establish the temple worship, the church will be gone. God will be dealing with the Jews as a nation. And then, when they are brought into this confederation, Rome will break it in the middle of the 70th year. Three and a half years, he'll break that covenant with them and cause the abomination and make a desolation to spread to the consummation. Amen. Then he'll take both Protestant and Jew and persecute them, and at that time, these two prophets will stand up and curse the earth as she'll not rain in the days of their prophecy. They'll call far out of heaven and everything else. You just wait. we got a lot laying here so far to learn. Hallelujah. Oh, what a great God He is. What a merciful Father. Friends, let me say this as your pastor. You don't realize the privileges that you're living under. Hallelujah. You don't realize. There's many great men. There's many saints. There's thousands of holy men that died in years gone by. Spiritual oh man. Who would have loved to see the you of your redeeming? Let you and I take advantage of it. What else have we got to look to? What can we do after this?
1: Where are we going?
0: What's going to happen? We got to go somewhere. You can't stay here all the time. You can mow your grass. Next week it needs mowing again. Yeah, twice before that time. You can raise your children. You feed them their dinner. At supper time they're hungry again. Eat them at supper. They're hungry again the next morning. You buy them a pair of shoes. If they're like mine, about two or three months, you buy them another pair. You buy them clothes this month. A month or two, you buy them new clothes. See, there's nothing continuing. There's nothing stable. There's nothing that can stand. Covet not this world's vain riches that so rapidly decays Build your hopes on things eternally. They will never pass away. Time is filled with Swiss translation. Not on earth a move can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold. Just come to it now. see glorious sights. The saddest sights that I ever see in my life, as much as I see starving children in the street. I see mothers begging for one piece of bread. The saddest sight I ever see is to see a man, a human being, who wish to be a son of God, dying without knowing God. I remember a woman standing at the door one night in this church. Laughed at me and said I wouldn't let my cow have the kind of religion he's got. Less than one hour, I was called to the hospital. Beautiful woman, about 22 years old. She was screaming, get that preacher here. She's tackled with her face. When I walked up, the old sister said, you're too late, Brother Brand. She died about five minutes ago. I said, can I see her? She said, she's screaming for you her last words. Get that preacher, Brother Brand. Her husband's there. I to say a prayer for her. Say a prayer for you too, ladies. I pulled the cover down. She had greyish brown eyes. Beautiful woman. A little freckle across her, her face. Arbor and hair. Very attractive. She suffered so hard of the freckles stood out on her face like pimples. Her eyes were full somehow of socket like that. Of course, her bowels and tissues and ashes, which is in the fact everyone does that as they're dying mostly. And there she was laying in that condition. Her mouth open and her lids here that half covered the brown part of her eyes. I'll never forget it. That song comes to my mind. <laughs> come, music come. I stood for the side of a man over here in Fort Fulton dying. They called me to his bedside when I prayed when him hear the altar one night. He put his arm around a woman. I said, "Take your arm from around that lady." He said, "I'm a leader to God." I said, "Not your arm around her. I don't believe in such stuff as that." He got angry and stomped out the door. I went to him a little later when he was dying. He looked at me in face and said, "Don't pray for me, Brother Bill. I'm lost. I'm gone. But all ever gained has been gone." I took as I nurse this corner, no piece from here on face, to a man that called me to be the best dinner in the dying. He said, I always ordered such and touch and such. He said, that I never did serve the Lord. Many times if I kept him going to the order. He said, brother, praise that God will let my little girl home for the things that I've done. Maybe she can do something for the Lord. I said, that can't be done, but the things that she would have done is lost. Mm-hmm. Since i man seen fight devils for 24 hours, the devil to stand on his bedside with chains wrapped around his neck. Mm-hmm. Don't let him get me. Screaming, holding him to bed. The very same not you see it He's coming after me. He put off God. He's wrong. Had big barns full of hay, full of wheat, fine race horses. A year before a cursed God to his face, slapped his wife before the tabernacle. You know what happened? Lightning struck his barn and killed his horses, burned up his hay, and the man died, and some kind of a devils, fighting devil crossed. Then an old friend of mine, glorious. sent another out in the room. children up alongside the of bed. He put his old feeble hands up on each one of these children blessing, bless them. Hold his two sons to hang up my hands Raise them up like Joshua and Gilla did. We wonder what he was going to say. He said, happy day, happy day since Jesus washed my sins away." He <laughs> taught me how to wash and pray and live rejoicing other,
1: other days. We've got some of
0: those things to come to you, friends. No wonder you want to watch desires and eat good food? God and I shall go Have the best that we can have. I don't blame you. That's alright. God wants you to have that.
1: Because... <laughs>
0: Bye.